Hey everyone, welcome to The Elephant on the Couch. The judgment-free podcast where we address the elephant in the room, get it on the couch, and start the conversation. I'm Tanya. And I'm Dulce. Join us. Let's Let's get get uncomfortable. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back again and again. And again and again and again to the podcast i'm not even gonna track the episode number crazy (laughs) season three that has no order or any kind of logic or yeah not anything we're doing it welcome back i i think that's the reality of life (laughs) i feel like we keep saying this every episode so we're done explaining just you know like I, I've never been, like, fully fit for a whole year. <laughs> like, I've been really consistent with the gym for, like, three months. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'll go once a week. Tacos sound great. Once a month. Yeah. I'll be MIA for, like, two months and then come back again. dun da da dun Reflection of my actions. Exhibit A. <laughs> the, pod- the podcast. But here we are. Here we are. How are you doing today? Let's do a little check-in. I don't think we have... A little check-in. Oh, my God. A little check-in. A little something. A little something-something. How you doing? I'm okay. Um, <laughs> I'm in a transition. No, oh, my God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Imagine. I said that on We've purpose. been in transition, <laughs> son. <laughs> um, I, I... Where am I? I'm a hot mess, honestly. Okay. Honestly, I'm a hot I'm a hot fucking mess. It's been a lot in the mm-hmm. last month. I'm not going to stay here and tell you guys everything. That's, just kidding. <laughs> but it's been it's been a rough couple of months, month or so. Um yeah, a lot of like instability mm-hmm. with everything. Yeah. So, life. Yeah, I you guys if you guys have listened to the podcast for Ever, which is a year, <laughs> a year in a podcast. Hello, um, I I suffer from depression every so often in my life, and I actually wanted to do antidepressants this last couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. it completely and utterly kicked my ass. So yeah, guys, no shame. But medication, that's re- right? yeah, that's reality. Though we always encourage people to advocate for their mental health, and this is exhibit a right you're exploring the possibility being open to trying things outside of what you already know and hey sometimes it works it throws you out for a loop and oh my god it was a things hot get really mess. crazy for a while there yeah. but you're also still sticking with it and exploring what else is there and not because of one bad experience you're like skirt. no that's yeah it. i I w- I'm very hesitant on that, like, having the conversation with the doctor, like, just being like, oh, yeah, that made me more crazy, thanks, and then your eyes twitching. Uh, I, it was very uncomfortable for me to even do that, but I'm like, okay, if I really want to stick with this whole medication thing, and I don't want to do this forever, like, I just want something temporary so I can get back into the swing of things, yeah. like, what do I need to do? And having that really open and honest conversation. It's very vulnerable to talk about that yeah. shit with your doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I really trust my gyno. I've told you how amazing of a relationship I have with my gyno. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that with my doctor. So just kind of getting out of that comfort mm-hmm. zone and telling her, like, I got a really young doctor this time. Mm-hmm. I think that helped, too. Yeah. But she was like, oh, yeah, I tried SSRIs before, and that didn't work out for me either. Yeah. So I'm trying a new one. We'll mm-hmm. see how it goes. We'll see on our next episode how loopy <laughs> how it sounds. <laughs> but, you, but this is the reality. We are normalizing the conversation of antidepressants, psych meds, 
anything that you need for your mental health, let's do it. Let's normalize that. It doesn't have to be a taboo or secret topic or a conversation that you're taking meds for your brain, right? Because there is still, 2021, a lot of stigma attached to that. Like, people are very hesitant to disclose that they take meds for depression, anxiety, ADHD, bipolar disorder, whatever. There is still a lot of, like, shame that comes with that. Right. So you being open about, like, hey, I brought it up. It was an uncomfortable conversation. And eh, I still did it. Not the best of experiences with the first one. I'm still open to it. And I'm talking about it on a podcast. Yeah. That's what we do. Why, thank you. I am very flattered with you giving me that. (laughs) Look at me being emotional. That's where I am. (laughs) You know what? I started reading this book that a friend of mine gave me. Shout out to my friend. She knows who she is. Um, And it's it's also kicking my ass. That's I think that's a big reason why I'm on the medication (laughs) because I'm reading this book that's like making me process all this shit. And then I'm also doing processing with my therapist. And I'm also working a lot, and I think my brain is just, like, twitching, like, bitch, you're breaking generational curses, what? Like, yeah, just, like, a hot mess. So Please give me something. I know. Like, <laughs> so I, I know I needed that little extra push outside of my body to just process it all in a healthy way. And mm-hmm. it, so it doesn't affect me to a point where, like, my depression kicks my ass so bad that I can't function. I don't want to get there. I'm yeah. afraid of that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do all that preventative work right now. Yeah. I'm all for that. And I think in our field of work, I'm going to speak for myself here. I always try to look at what's going on right now, the presenting problem or issue or whatever from like a multi-systemic environmental perspective too. It's not only one thing, right? So I can't expect my, my patients to come to me and say, all right, just do therapy once a week and then that's it. There's a lot of moving pieces here. We talk about diet. We talk about exercise. We talk about relationships, the environment at home, antidepressants, medication. What else do we need? Your yeah. sleep, right? So what you're saying right now about like doing therapy, really overwhelmed with work, reading a book, right? Like it, it, everything is connected. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're going through something, that's, that's what it is. You got to look at the big picture like zoom out and see what all of the moving factors that are affecting your brain and it it doesn't have to be a disease or like you're like having suicidal thoughts for you Mm -hmm. to decide to get on meds like i'm not i'm not there right now and i think that's why i had such an adverse reaction to it because the last time that i took meds i was very like towards very much yeah yeah. like the the bad side and right now i'm not i think like i'm at a six ish Mm-hmm. maybe seven on good days and I want to be at an eight I want to be at a point where I'm functioning at an eight or nine mm-hmm. without like with those revolving pieces in place and then right. I'm still able to manage I don't know well, good for you I'm proud thank you I appreciate your feedback <laughs> you're welcome. how are you I am doing okay <laughs> as I'm scratching here my neck and it's really right I'm also going through a lot of transitions. I know we've addressed in past episodes this season how I switched jobs and moved houses and stuff. And I'm dealing with a lot of stuff with that, being an adult, taking care of stuff. My own health, again, is kind of like on the fence of things. I think because of the stress level recently in my life, my health, it's, again, my body's keeping score of that. And so... 
little things, little glimpses of things are coming back up. So I need to address those. So it's, it's that transition period too. We're like trying to understand why is my body freaking out again? But then again, I know why <laughs> because of the, the change in lifestyle and just in general in my life, a lot of changes recently. So I'm going through it myself. I think I am not to brag or anything, but I'm very fortunate to have a great support system with my family, with my friends. So I am lucky. Her to- friend. Yes. <laughs> Give me some credit. I got more than one friend. <laughs> My co-host over here, my business partner, <laughs> and then my friends. See how I didn't put you in the category? Rude. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really fortunate to have a lot of support, a lot of people, a lot of people that check in with me, and people that uh, I spend time with, and it helps for my mental health, and I have the ability to also take breaks and be by myself if, that, if that's what I need. So I'm kind of like learning to listen to my body, and I know I mentioned this before, but I'm working on being intentional about my peace and my boundaries and what I need to do. And so I want to give myself props for that. Um, I think you're doing amazing. Even us not recording is part of us setting those boundaries for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like even today we were like, where are you at? Do you feel good recording? Do you not? Do you Mm -hmm. like, you know, and there was no, I I felt no shame and guilt in saying like, dude, I'm fucking tired. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how we're going to record today. Like, there's no pressure when it comes to the podcast. And this right. is why you guys are seeing episodes what? dropping. I mean, we were trying to drop the other one before Mother's Day. It ended up dropping like two day, two weeks after Mother's Day. You know, like I uploaded it and it, there was no sound in it. Like, you know, it's it. no shame in being a hot mess. Yeah, because that's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And if we want like our raw and honest podcast, like... We need to be raw and honest about where we're at. I think both yeah. of us are going through it. Yeah, I, I am. I know for a fact. So I'm proud of you. Thank you for you to even verbalize it right now in our podcast. I think <laughs> it's a big deal. So <laughs> I know it's a lot, but I'm trying <laughs> to take ownership of that, and I think this is a good skirt segue segue <laughs> into uh, what we're talking about today. So today we wanted to talk about kind of like happiness in the context of a relationship and within ourselves mm-hmm. like where like who is responsible for our happiness and i mean it sounds like a silly question because if i ask you like dulce who's responsible for your happiness daddy jesus <laughs> the big god, god. there <laughs> the big lord <laughs> talk about lack of responsibility <laughs> i just pray every day and life is just gonna yeah work you, you know what we i was just having that conversation um, about how we, I mean, if you are a person of faith and believe in whatever higher power you believe in and do prayer or meditation or whatever form of communication with your higher power, um, and how we ask for things and signs and ask for things and peace and blah, blah, blah. And so we were having this conversation about how, yes, you can ask all you want for things, but also there is a point where you have to take ownership of it too. I can't sit here and the example that I use, it was very like superficial, but it was like, God, I want to, I want to lose 30 pounds as I'm sitting watching Netflix, like dipping on the hot Cheeto bag and like just eating away. Right. God, please help me lose 15 pounds by next month. And then I'm stuffing my face with junk food and McDonald's and whatever. So it's like that, I mean, again, it's a very silly example, but 
yes, you can use your higher power and that faith and spirituality or whatever you believe in, but there comes a point where you have to take ownership of your happiness, your life, your health, and make better choices or yeah, and set I think boundaries that people of faith will say, oh, you're going to get a miracle, and then all of a sudden you're just going to start losing the weights, and that that's great. I, I mean, respect to the people that think in that way, but I think we want to put some of that responsibility on you right. as we talk about what Happiness does that mean? And, yeah. yeah. There is a saying in Spanish, and I have no idea how to translate that into English. But Just say it how it is. Where, no. where they say uh, something about... Ayúdate que yo te ayudaré. Dios dice, ayúdate que yo te ayudaré, right? Uh -huh. like, God says... Help yourself. And I, I will you help too. you. Like, yeah. help I, you. I got you too. I got your back, son. <laughs> um, and I'm the hood one, guys. Yeah. <laughs> he said... <laughs> I'm doing the hand motion, guys. You can't see me. This fool um, Jesus said, homie. My, my boy upstairs. <laughs> but that's exactly what it is, right? So, yes, all of that to say. <laughs> she lost it. I fucking it. can't. My boy upstairs. <laughs> but all of this to say that. Happiness comes from within, as silly and cliche, cliche as, as that, that sounds. sounds. It does become, I mean, come from within, right? And I cannot, for the life of Jesus, <laughs> uh, put that that amount, that level of responsibility on someone else, whether that's my parents, my sisters, my coworkers, my friends, my partner, even, right? I can't, if I'm not happy myself with just Tanya, there's no way Dulce or a partner or my sisters or my parents or my job is going to make me happy. Right. Because I'm not happy myself. Mm -hmm. So being, having that dumped on someone else, it's very selfish and very silly thing to do. Yeah. I think um, I'm guilty as fucking charged of that oh, shit. Want me too. Uh, let me let me cut that piece of the pie and take it with me because I I've done it. Yeah, I think like I, I've again I've been reading this book right, and it talks about like the level of denial that we can get into, and in that level of denial, we pretend like being perfect or being everything that everybody always ever wanted us to be will then create that happiness for us. Like the level of denial of the chaos that we have encountered emotionally, mentally, or whatever in our lives that lacks that safety is so embedded in us that like we deny our own needs and we constantly try to self-betray in order to find happiness with someone else. I am guilty as fucking charged. Like mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to be good enough, quote unquote, like I'm trying to be good enough or worthy enough or prove to you that I'm like the loyal friend that you really need, Tanya, mm -hmm. so that you can then see my value and then I can feel better. Mm -hmm. So you feel that listen, if I... Listen to the therapist. Listen to the therapist. <laughs> listen, guys. Listen, guys. <laughs> look, it's happening. It's happening. Like, look, look at this. This, this is Corey Fleck listening. <laughs> now I don't want to say it. <laughs> So you now feel, you just you killed it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, so so just to like, <laughs> I hate when people say just to piggyback up. <laughs> it is. So if you say that out there listening to this, I'm sorry, but I freaking hate that. When I'm in a meeting and it's like somebody raises their hand, 
just to pick it back up. I'm like, Please don't. Don't piggy up nothing. Like, my pig is fine without you being on the Can we back? not? Let's wrap up this Zoom meeting. No piggies needed. No piggies. <laughs> No piggies needed today here. Let's go. So I got things to do. Oh my god. But <laughs> to piggy I don't think it even applies to what I'm trying to say. I go random random. Yeah. No, because I was gonna follow up on what you just said. Um but it's going back to the happiness. If I meet that need for you, that need to be validated and to feel, quote unquote, good enough, then that's how you're going to be happy. Or so I think, which is flawed thinking. Right, which is what you think based on your upbringing, whatever wound this is coming from. But then in turn, that's what I'm talking about earlier. That's what we're saying this. You're putting that responsibility on me to validate you and now you're going to be happy. Exactly. Which is irrational as fuck. Yes. Like, so this is, um, I I don't even like to use the word irrational because a lot of our, okay, bear with me guys. (laughs) A lot of our cognitions and core beliefs are rational. There is a rational background behind it. We were taught in a certain way and there is rationality and logic in our crazy mindset and the way we think and that we think so what i like to use is distortion Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that what you're saying is irrational it doesn't mean that it's not accurate it just means that you're looking at it in a distortive manner Mm -hmm. in a manner that's not helpful so Mm -hmm. let's let's take off the goggles of distortion and start looking at it clearly like that's my job Mm -hmm. right so in my distortion in my cognitive distortion is that in order for me to feel loved and and validated and seen and worthy, I need to be perfect so that you feel that towards me. Mm-hmm. Rather than you just feel it because I am me. The end. Mm-hmm. Like you should be able to have that connection with people without them having to prove anything to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you build trust and all that crap. But... That crap. <clears throat> yeah you know basic shit like <laughs> trust <laughs> safety <laughs> yeah who needs those <laughs> you build it but it doesn't mean you're testing it you know what mm-hmm. i mean like oh i i'm getting to know you we have great chemistry as friends mm-hmm. we hang out and then we realize like oh dang like dulce has a lot of things in common with me mm-hmm. we can get into very nerdy conversations of attachment this is fun i mm-hmm. want to hang out with her the end there was never no like Oh, Tanya really showed me that she's smart. So because she's smart, she deserves to be my friend. Mm-hmm. What? No. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm making any sense right now. Mm-hmm. When it comes to... I'm digging having deep into my critical thinking right the, now. The way that I'm seeing it in speaking of who's responsible for your happiness, it's just that in relationships, right? So if I, if I was to... Let's say you and I were dating, right? Hey. I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. That's why I was trying to avoid <laughs> this example. But hey. hey. <laughs> you should so, see my face. So if I was to date you or like start trying to start that and you have this personality, which I think shines through the podcast and people that listen to this on a regular basis probably have caught on to it, that you're very high energy. And if I need someone a little less energy, let's say you're at a five and I need you to be at a three so you, so we can vibe. I'm... Um, I'm eight all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, 
that's where I need to own my happiness. And if you being at a five constantly is stressing me out and it's not making me happy and it's not the need that I need, like my need that I need someone that, that meets that need to be at a three and chill and watch Netflix at home, <laughs> then I'm not going to be happy, right? So that's when we're, we're getting into this territory of changing people right which is what you're talking about though but Mm -hmm. because you're talking about how well i accept tanya because she's a cool friend and we have nerdy conversations and the end that's it right you're not trying to change me you accept me for who i am with my nerdiness or whatever lack of physical touch and that's that's okay but you're not coming into this dynamic asking or demanding of me to like hey have you read this book i need you to read it because i need you to talk to it to you about it right or tanya i need you to hug me like i need kisses and hugs every time we see each other mm-hmm. like, you're like okay like yeah if i don't feel like having a nerdy conversation one day then that's okay right right but so but there is also the opposite of that where in whatever relationship dynamic whether it's a romantic relationship work friends whatever if i am not getting my needs met from you dulce as my partner that's when then I don't feel happy. Something is missing, right? I'm and, like, I and, might say I'm and it, happy. Yeah. And the in the in the uh, distortive cognition is it's your fault. Because I needed you to be there for me and support me and read this book and blah 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 and you didn't do it and now I'm miserable. Right. <laughs> so that's where <laughs> so that's where I'm like trying to connect it right back to what we were talking about of who's responsible for my happiness, right? Because if I come into this dynamic, right? I'm going to use the example of like a romantic relationship. If I start dating someone and they work a lot of hours, right? That my partner is always working these long days and I feel neglected because they're not spending time with me, right? Like where does it then become like I accept this person for who they are without trying to change them? But my needs are not being met because I'm not getting the time and attention and quality time, whatever love language I have from this person. And then that's when I start resenting my partner because they're not meeting my needs. So they're not making me happy. You're not making me happy. You like the the finger pointing that I'm doing with Dulce right now. now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing the pointing the finger pointing situation with her, but you're not making me happy. Right. And then when we end relationships, sometimes we walk a bit, we walk away saying like, well, I wasn't happy with this person or like, oh, we, he's not a good match for me or like we're not compatible or whatever, which that's OK not to be compatible. Right. But it's about understanding to differentiate between your partner, your friends, your family being responsible for your happiness. And that's and that's where I think. If you guys haven't noticed, we're talking about happiness and relationships um, and just being happy with yourself. It, yeah, with right? yourself and in But um, I think the, the big thing that you're saying right now that like really stands out for me is that you will see the red flags of this person in your dating face. You will notice that mm-hmm. he's missing, I don't know, your graduation because he was working so much. Mm-hmm. This is a big fucking deal. You guys are dating. You're his girlfriend. And then mm-hmm. he just didn't fucking show up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you will notice he's going to miss important times while he's working. Mm-hmm. And when we want to change the person, we'll excuse it. We'll say, oh, it's okay. It's just that he's working and, you know, they don't really give him time off. 
even though he's been working for a whole fucking year and he has full time and he knew damn well that your graduation was in May (laughs) exactly like you've been dating graduation January yes bitch (laughs) right like why I told you a month ago you could have requested the day off right like and so then and then and we when we're dating when we're in that dating phase we start creating excuses for the person and this is where it gets fucking tricky we do that because we're hoping and wishing that by excusing that, we're then opening the door for you to be able to come in and change them. Or you're going to bring extra support or you're going to bring that extra patience that he never got in hopes and wishes that you'll have some control over the situation and that eventually he's going to turn to be whatever you wanted him to be since the beginning. Mm-hmm. This is where like, this is where we shoot ourselves in the foot when we like marry potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you're kind of like creating this roadmap in your head of like I'm heading to happiness that's out here at the end of the road mm-hmm. in front of the altar or whatever in front of the beach that you want to get married at in Hawaii. <laughs> you know, Very 45, 45 West. <laughs> it's not on my Pinterest. <laughs> so that's your happiness, right? Right there. And you kind of like start mapping this, like, if I do this, and if I do this, and if I do this, we're going to get there eventually. But you're already, right, in this scenario that we're explaining, you're already manipulating the situation, mm-hmm. right? You're not... By excusing it. Mm-hmm, by, by making excuses for this person. Right? And, and again, it's with the hope that eventually you're going to get to that at the end of the road happiness. And when that doesn't happen... He didn't make me happy. And we fucking do the same thing with our parents. Yeah. So, like, if you had... Okay, we're going to talk about the workaholic boyfriend. We're just going to use that as an example. We're just going to use that one for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> if if you had an absent parent, you know, that was gone because they were constantly working. Mm-hmm. And they missed your basketball games. And they missed your, gradu- your high school graduation. And they missed all these things, mm-hmm. right? and this parent was constantly gone, then you're going to find a, a partner that's gonna have similar traits to that parent. Mm-hmm. In that time, so the way that we, so I'm getting really deep into this therapy stuff, guys, bear with me. In that time as children, we have two options. Either we behave very fucking well so that our safety is very much guaranteed, because if I have good grades and I'm like help out in the house and I turn into this like amazing kid, then I have control over the situation. My parents are going to see how worthy I am. Yes, I'm talking about myself. And therefore, I will be seen and heard and have a, a space in my in my household. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is the way that kids control the situation. Because kids really do think that they have control about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They really don't. Um, the other option is I'm going to turn into, like, the bad kid that talks back and throws tantrums and does all this crazy shit. So that way, the the focus of the chaos in my house is me and my bad behavior and I don't have to no longer deal with their chaotic craziness or the absent parent. In hopes that if you act out enough or you behave very well, that absent parent eventually will see like, I'm so proud of you, mijita. I'm actually going to be present. And they never were, right? And then now mm-hmm. we point the finger at like, mom, you never made me happy. Dad, you never made me happy because you were never there. And ironically, in that same resentment, in that same pattern of attachment, we'll talk attachment in a little bit, you find you get attracted to a person that's also 
absent the same way that your dad was absent. Mm -hmm. And that puts you in the same situation where you're constantly trying to prove how worthy you are so that they can eventually turn into that roadmap that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Which I think, like, children, nine out of ten times, have that roadmap in their head. Like, we're going to be this happy family. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and nine out of ten times, they're in hardcore denial because coming to the realization of the craziness in the house is just too painful for a kid to, like, bear. Yeah, and I think we've talked about that before, about how a lot of our wounds and i mean that sounds repetitive and it is what it is but a lot of our wounds as adults it's that little tantrum that kid the the person with addiction anger issues whatever depression it's that little boy little girl not getting their needs met right so mm-hmm. i i'm picturing this like person that you're describing of the absent parent and we understand that sometimes it is what it is. It's a need. It's a survival thing that the parents have to work. And we're not blaming people. But it's about, again, owning our happiness, understanding where these wounds are, where they're coming from, and working actively on resolving that. So imagining, but at that level, if, as a little kid, as a little girl, all I know is that when dad comes home and hugs me and spends two minutes with me, I feel happy. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel that little like the butterflies in my stomach and the happiness and those endorphins and serotonin and everything in my brain kicks in. Right. So as adults, I want to recreate that same feeling. Mm-hmm. So I start dating my dad. That sounds really disturbing <laughs> when I say it like that. <laughs> but I mean, it's a thing. Right. And, yes. and I've heard that so many times. Like you, you date your parents, like whoever you have, like whatever wound you have, it could be like mommy issues or daddy issues like they call them right not a fan of that uh, <laughs> but right that's what it is if, if i find myself so pay attention to your dating patterns right like who have you been dating are you dating your mom are you dating your dad are you dating a mix of both of their personalities and whichever both of their personalities mix together you find it in your current partners right now yeah right? so that's that little girl, that little boy getting that need met at one point somewhere along the way and you made those connections of like, oh, so this means this. And if I do this, then I'll get this. I'll get that happiness. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 20 years later, you're putting that responsibility on your partner. Right. right? Like, or you find yourself putting your needs on the back seat because you don't want to disturb that and you just want to be patient and eventually they'll come around and they love you the way that you need to be loved. Right, the same way that you wished your parents would mm-hmm. when you were younger. Yeah. Like, and ironically, if you fulfilled a role in your family, like let's say that you were the caretaker of the family because your dad was a workaholic and he was always gone working, so you ended up being mom's right hand, mm-hmm. right? You're going to find yourself in situations where you're going to have to be the right hand of the family or you're going to have to be like your mom, right? Like you're going to have to be the one that takes care of everybody, that puts her needs in the back burner, that deals with everything so that we don't disturb hardworking dad, so that we don't disturb my partner. You know, it's crazy to like, the more that I give treatment to people, the more that I find clients that say like, oh my God, like, I didn't realize how much I've neglected myself being a mom for the last five years because that's what their mom was doing, 
right? And they say, like, I hated that my mom didn't have no boundaries and that my dad walked all over. And then we're in therapy and they're like, oh, I do the same thing with my husband. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, it, we, in the chaos of our childhood, there is safety. There is, like, the known. I know that if I self-sabotage, I'm going to get myself in a pickle and then my mom is going to come and rescue me. Mm-hmm. So... Now as an adult, I'm going to self-sabotage. I'm going to get myself in a pickle. And then I'm going to use my significant other to come and save me so that I can get validated and I can feel safe and I can feel loved and I can feel seen. Mm -hmm. Even though that was supposed to be happening without me having to self-sabotage. Right. Yeah. And that's how if, if you grow up in a chaotic environment... We try to recreate those patterns. And it doesn't have to be hardcore chaotic. Like, I I don't think I come... I mean, it might be that my denial is, like, (laughs) super intense at this point. But, like, I I don't think I come from a family where it was so chaotic that, like, Mm -hmm. I saw these crazy arguments in my house. Like, my Mm -hmm. mom was not violent or I didn't grow up seeing my parents fight and throw things and Mm -hmm. yell or anything like that but there there were there was an emotional unavailability within my family and now as an adult I look for relationships where my friends or my family or my significant others are emotionally unavailable Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly looking for that validation and even when I even right now as a 32 year old woman like I make decisions and I'm like what do you think about my decision? Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, it's your decision. What are yeah. you doing? Right? Like, exactly. But I think it roots back to me getting that, like, seen, heard, saved. Mm-hmm. That need, being mm-hmm. that, that little dulce standing at home and having that little wound, that need, you're trying to still fulfill that right mm-hmm. now as an adult. Like, we all are, right? And that's the thing about... Because you're talking about how it's not super chaotic. And so a lot of people, including myself in there, do that. I look back at my life and I'm like, well, no. Like, there's absolutely nothing for me to be bitching or complaining about. Right? Like, And, and with that, we minimize our needs, too. And we dismiss my needs because, well, I had food. I wasn't abused. My parents were pretty loving. They did the best that they could with what they had in that moment. And... I turned out pretty decent if you ask me, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but within that, that's also in the arena that it gets tricky because then I start dismissing my needs because how dare I complain when I see this other craziness in the world, mm-hmm. right? Compared to the things that we see in our field, I look at my life and I'm like, I'm good. I'm privileged, yeah. Right. So that leaves room to neglect my needs and ignore those wounds. And then I find myself as an adult repeating these patterns in relationships, not only romantic, but friendships and even within my family or whatever. And it's hard to see them or I keep ignoring them or the, the lack of awareness or education about that. I keep on this. Part. And then I start like, well, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why can't I blah, 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 blah. Right. Because I'm not aware of those wounds. Dude, even as right now, as we're talking about it, like my brain is starting to make connections but, like, Tanya and I have been friends for fucking, what, 10 years now? <laughs> Long time. Um, and I think, like, the times where we've gotten, like, really freaking close is where we're, like, in dire need of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Tanya and I are not the friends that, like, hey, bitch, how did you wake up today? 
how was your date? Like, that's not... Is there people that do that out there? Yes, there is. Let me know. But, like, I think that the times that we've, like, really bonded as friends is when you've had to save me or I've had to save you. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we were going through tough fucking shit and I had to, like, hold on to you for dire safety. Like, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, there's no, like, just regular fucking being i mean now it is i feel like in the last year or so it's been but prior to even the podcast i think it was all kind of like are you alive yeah bitch are you alive yeah i have some shit to tell you all right let's meet up and then like that's the purpose right Mm -hmm. but it's not like just unconditionally how the fuck are you i miss you the end kind Mm -hmm. of right like i'm calling myself out in this like here I am. I'm, I know. I'm reaching like, out. Yeah, like reaching out to you when I need you. Like, mm. come and save me, Tanya. Come mm, and save got it, me. Got it, got it. This is going on. Please be here for me. But then, like, and then I put my cape. Yeah, exactly. And you come in and you save me and you help me. Mm-hmm. And then, like, things get back to normal. And I'm like, all right, peace out. I'll see you next year. <laughs> like, I'll see you on my next luck. crisis. Yeah, like. And, and and that's not fair for you or for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. we both deserve to have unconditionally loving friendships, mm-hmm. which, yeah. I mean, like, now with the podcast, I feel like that's grown. Because <laughs> we, mm-hmm. we talked for, like, an hour prior to recording, Kind of forced to do that. <laughs> Whatever, bitch. <laughs> you love me. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, I guess what we're trying to say with this episode and to bring awareness to is the fact that like I said at the beginning, happiness comes from within. We have to really be intentional and self-aware to be able to sit there and say, am I happy if I remove every moving factor from my life? Relationship, even family, as crappy as that sounds. Um, work, material shit. Children. If I sit on an empty cave by myself, am I content with my life? Am I at peace with it? Right? Like I'm even gonna go there with peace. I know I've said before in another episode that I'm more focused on peace as I get, at least in this stage of my life. I'm not really seeking happiness. I want peace. Mm-hmm. So if I was to sit in a cave by myself, am I gonna be happy? Not having a partner, not having my parents, my sisters, my friends, my cell phone, social media, whatever I feel it's making me happy right now. Am I happy? Right? And if the answer is no, or like, eh, like very gray, then let me really sit here and say like, well, what am I missing? What else would, what would make me happy? What would bring me that peace right now? And being intentional about healing that. Right. Whether that's through relationships, setting boundaries, going to therapy, taking meds, making time for yourself, whatever. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I think that a big piece of this year of 2021 is really trying to break my own trauma bonds like I'm fucking tired of living in chaos and I've and I've said this to you I'm constantly looking for the future constantly looking of like what's the next goal that I need to reach so that I can be happy I don't want that shit no more I want to be happy now like yesterday (laughs) please (laughs) you know and and in order for me to do that I need to come to the realizations that I had just right now. Ta-da, therapy, guys. Like, you know what, Tanya? I need to fucking text you to see how the fuck you're doing randomly. Mm Because I fucking love you, bitch. The end. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't have to be constantly reaching out because, oh, my life is hard and I need someone to help me. Mm -hmm. Right? Or vice versa. I think it's just coming to 
a radical acceptance of mm -hmm. the people that are in my life and they're just there because I love them the end and not really trying to fulfill my trauma bond mm -hmm. of worthiness and validation bullshit that I'm doing unconsciously. It takes a lot of fucking work to realize it and a mm -hmm. lot of a lot of intentionality and in breaking it. Because mm -hmm. I, I bet you that I probably do the same thing with my daughter and I don't even fucking notice it. Right. And even like what you said right now about like I'm always looking to like for that happiness in the future. Like what do I have to do to be happy tomorrow, next month, in a year from now? That on itself to me is like a like a thing, like a light right, that came like out that. in the in the dashboard in your car is like pay attention to this. Because why why do we focus so much on the future? And I've I've said before how I'm so opposed to the hustle culture. Um, but is that distracting you from what's happening right now? Mm -hmm. Then are you avoiding what's with you right here, right now? That you're like, let me look at tomorrow. Cause I don't want to look at this pile of shit next to me right here, right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So that on itself is awareness for you, right? If you find yourself like planning about like, well, I'm going to be happy when I marry, or I'm going to be happy when I have kids, or I'm going to be happy when I get my PhD, my master's when I make X amount of money, right? Why? Are you happy right now? Mm -hmm. right? And again, very cliche, but tomorrow is not guaranteed. I don't know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So why am I planning for a week for this weekend, this party that I'm going to, or like whatever I'm going to do that I think is going to make me happy? Am I happy today when I woke up? And if mm -hmm. the answer is no, then what am I going to do to be happy today? Right, right. And I'm not going to put this on Dulce. Well, I'm going to see Dulce later today, so I'll vent with her and drop, dump my shit on her, and then I'll make me feel better. Right? Like, right. no. I, well, I, I'm going to ask my boyfriend to take me out to dinner. Or my boyfriend's going to come home from work at 5, and he's going to make me feel better because now I'm going to have attention. No. What are you going to do with your little life and your little feelings and your little emotions to make your damn self happy? Yeah. Right? Not putting this on every, anybody else but yourself. Autonomy. If you don't have a job that makes you happy, if you feel stressed out all the time, you dread going into work, you hate your coworkers, <laughs> you're miserable there, do something about it. Quit. Look for another job. If you have a family where you go visit and the toxicity and the gossip and the way that you, they make you feel doesn't make you happy, don't fucking go to the dinner. If you have a relationship where you feel that your needs are not being met and your boyfriend, your partner, your girlfriend, whoever is not paying attention to you, not meeting your needs, peace out, that motherfucker. You know, like, why are we wasting precious time on this beautiful earth of us? <laughs> <laughs> this woman right here. So because it, it's not guaranteed that we're going to wake up tomorrow. I mean, this is really morbid and it's taking a turn right now, but it's true. <laughs> and we opened this episode talking about how we ask and we pray our, uh, to our higher powers for happiness or whatever need we have in that moment. But what are you going to do to meet that need? And what what do we have now that we should be probably be thankful for the higher power rather than right. praying for? Right. Yeah. Like what I think a lot like a big, big piece of mindfulness, because like being in the present in the moment goes back to mindfulness. Look mm -hmm. it up if you want to. I'm not going to go into it right now. But a big piece of that is being grateful for the now. Like what are things that practice gratefulness in the present moment what are mm -hmm. things that you're grateful for now mm -hmm. and that's where i think like the caveat of 
depending on another person or putting the happiness on another person comes in. Because if you're constantly complaining about your relationship and how this person makes your life miserable and how horrible it is, well, number one, there's something there because it's not the clown who's at fault. Is you hiring the clown to make all this clownery in your You're house running the circus, circus bitch. <laughs> like, the, if the clown is the problem, maybe you need to not have a circus. Like, uh, but I was talking about to a friend about that little, completely unrelated. But the circus thing triggered this, and I have to share it. But we were talking about like dating and like. It's, oh my god. It's so difficult to date in your late 30s and blah, blah, mid-30s or blah, blah, blah. And we said that, like, like same circus, different clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, we need to change the circus. Yeah, we need like, to throw away the circus. Can we maybe turn it into a theater now? <laughs> Can we upgrade a little bit? Can it be a comedy central? Improv, perhaps. <laughs> it's this, you're, you're going to get rid of clown 992, and right as you turn the fucking corner, you're going to run into another clown again. 993. 993. Because you are continuously looking and being attracted to these people that continue to recreate over and over and over again your trauma bond in childhood. Mm-hmm. And until you're not able to sit there and say like, okay, what trauma bond do I have going on that I need a break? Mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that happiness that you're talking about. You're going to continue to pray to lose 15 pounds for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. But until you're able to sit down and say like, okay, I have an addiction problem with food and I need to go to therapy to figure out why the fuck did it start and why do I do anxious eating? Mm-hmm. You're going to sit there and keep praying for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you might get the perfect diet and you might get the best neutrologist ever. But if your relationship with food doesn't change, you're going to continue to shoot yourself in the foot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing with relationships. Like, if we don't change the trauma bonds that we have where we continue to fucking fall into the same patterns, we're just going to keep hiring another fucking clown every mm-hmm. fucking time. Yeah. And it's I, I struggle with that concept because my hero personality kicks in very often about... The relationships is work, right? It shouldn't be that hard, but it takes effort and work and commitment and putting in the work every single day and being intentional about making things work. So part of me always struggles with that of like, if I walk away, is that me giving up and not trying hard enough, right? But that, again, that's tied somewhere to my little wounds, right? Because it's okay to also, once you notice those red flags, have that radical acceptance of this is this person right here right now i don't know how they're gonna be six months from now but what i'm seeing right here right now doesn't work with what i need so i'm gonna walk away right the marrying potential the dating potential mentality right so it's okay to also walk away from things that are not healthy for us and and struggle love is not a thing it's not. Yeah. It shouldn't that, have that's to That's a be. distortion, too, that, that we mm-hmm. develop across what we see in our parents and our right grandparents requires dating. requires sacrifice. Right. right. And, no. and I often we hear, don't. like, older people say, like, oh, this generation, they just give up and divorce. And back in the day, we stuck with through tough and whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, borderline abuse. Can but, we hey. talk about <laughs> all the trauma that your children endured because of you dealing because with it? Yeah, like wanting to walk away. Can from we that talk about your thirty-eight-year-old daughter that hasn't married? <laughs> like, Big yikes! <laughs> not personal at all. No, not at all. Are we? Are we? Not at all. Can yeah. we talk about your traumatized child that just survived on some domestic violence? No? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just making sure that this worked out. Oh, I did work out okay? I am okay. Okay. Got just it. Making sure. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's what we want to leave you guys with. Um, understanding, which probably, hopefully, you all knew that that happiness comes from within. That in relationships, whether, again, family, friends, whatever, romantic relationships... It has to be that unconditional love that I accept you for who you are. I'm not trying to change you. This is who you are, and I'm okay with that. And that's what I need, and that's how we're going to make it work, right? I'm not going to change you. I'm not asking you to, like, where I'm not hoping for you to turn into this, like, Prince Charming year number three of dating. If I'm already seeing, like, two months into dating and getting to know you some red flags, and I find myself making excuses. they're trying to get excuses, married after a month. Just saying that sometimes that's it works. Something. Hey, I, I, I don't think know. That's a distortion too. But well, I mean, I'm sure. If whatever. you have some people that have they met like by date number three, they knew and boom, and they've been together for years. I don't know. I would have to be the fly on the wall to see if it's really that good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm but. not judging or anything at all. But I think that like if but. When you say but, you are judging. Okay. Well, yes, I'm judging very much. Whatever. <laughs> Judge Judy. <laughs> okay, and Judy. I, I, I think that there is some boundaries that need to be set in place. And when things are not healthy and they stay like that for years and years and years, like 20, 30, 40 years, and oh, well, it worked out for them. It takes two to tangle. There is a trauma there with her and a trauma there with him or a trauma there with their... I mean, with them, and then a trauma them with them. I, I'm just using gender neutral. Them, them, them. Them, 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 them. Like, I, there, there's something there because it takes two to tangle. Mm-hmm. So if it worked out for them, quote, unquote, well, there's something that says about her trauma bond or his trauma bond or their trauma bond with the other person's trauma bond. That, I mean, I think that can be another whole episode, right? Absolutely. Because is it, is it a thing? Like, is it that maybe I've done hella work on myself, I'm very aware, I'm on my shit, you're on your shit, you've done a lot of healing, and we both meet at that time in our lives. Could it be? Maybe. To turn into next episode. Let's <laughs> <laughs> find out. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. I think we just wanted to kind of like blah, 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 talk about happiness blah, 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 and relationships and that idea of changing people and hoping to turn the frog into prince charming or whatever or the beast into prince charming i need to go home and watch that movie um but it comes back to that if are you happy are you happy without this person and then they complement that and they add more to it great and is there a healthy compromise in between you yeah. two. Like, every- like if he's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I do need to be more sentimental. Right? Like mm-hmm. maybe I am a little too rough around the edges. Let mm-hmm. me learn from you how to be right. a little bit more sensitive to my needs. Mm-hmm. Right? Or maybe you are a little stubborn, Tanya. Like we need to work on 
Maybe getting you out of that stubbornness, listen to what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, ah, oh, yeah. Well, but that's I not that's changing true. that person, right? No, that's, that's me. Com- that's me communicating to you what my love language is, what my needs are, and you, because you love me, being willing to work with me and putting the work in. We both work together on that. Exactly. I'm not changing anything about you. You're not changing anything about me. Right? An alcoholic is an alcoholic. A workaholic is a workaholic. The end. Are you okay with that? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I don't know. To me, it just evolves back to unconditional love. What is unconditional love? It means I love you without any conditions to it. So like if you're you're this, then you're that. The end. Like I accept you for who you are. And it goes back to the expectations that we were having, like we we were talking about dating before. Remember, Mm -hmm. we were talking about expectations versus... Standards. standards yeah standards is part of the person's character mm-hmm. i realize that this person is a hard-working person also known as a workaholic but they're also emotionally unavailable am i okay with those core standards of that person and mm-hmm. if the answer is no then that's not the match for you mm-hmm. those are their values and you're not going to change that Nobody's exactly ever gonna change that. exactly and those values come from their own wounds and yada 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 Yep. I see. I hadn't said yada 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 in a minute. Okay. <laughs> well, because somebody that listens to the podcast has had brought up that to me. Like, yeah, we say yada yada yada, and I wasn't like trying to stop it. I didn't it. even notice. <laughs> <laughs> How do you say yada well, yada? This yada. person paid attention. All right, guys. Well, hopefully, this conversation brought some sort of like insight and awareness into like what's going on with your happiness and what you can do about it. Know that there's always professional help. Well, thank you guys for listening today. We hope you have a good date, night, morning, whatever time of the day you're listening to. Trauma bonds. Pay attention for your happiness. Again, if I was to remove everything and sit you in the middle of a cave, what would make you happy? Like, can you name three things that you're that bring you happiness? Thank you for putting me on the fucking spot. No, because I was thinking right now as I was talking, I was like, if I was to like name three. Things. I'm not even saying five or ten. Like three things. things that make me happy, that bring me happiness. It's probably going to be like my family, being with my no. family. Right? But it's reading, I think reading, painting. Okay. One upper over here. Okay, Judy. I do what I can. <laughs> okay, Judes. <laughs> okay, Judes. <laughs> Judging me. But yeah, but my mind would, it's like very, like, whoop, my brain is like family. Boom. Boom. And oh, well, because you were talking about, like, removing all of that. So, right. like, my brain went to, like, fuck, I can't say family. But it, exactly. So then I went to, like, natural coping mechanisms that I have. And I'm, like, reading, painting. I'm a very black and white thinker, dude. If you tell me, like, a question, my brain doesn't go to the other things that you told me not to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to think about that one. Well, you guys, thank you for listening again. We'll talk to you again. next time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Remember, this is not a replacement for therapy. Professional help is always available. Don't be scared to sit with your elephant. Until Until next time, bye. bye!